Hello, my name is John Campion. I'm the West Mercia Police and Crime Commissioner and thank you for uh, listening to uh, our latest podcast. And uh, uh, I'm going to introduce my uh, colleague, uh, James, who will uh, introduce himself. Thanks very much, John, for having me on the podcast. Um, my name is James Squire. I'm a digital PCSO and a Cyber Protect Officer for West Mercia Police. So it's my job to make sure people know what they need to look out for for the latest scams to hopefully stop people falling for it in the first place. Um, and we're seeing a massive increase during COVID-19 um, around different kind of scams that are taking place online now. So hopefully we're going to give you some advice on how to stay safe. Excellent. And do you, uh, James, must be pretty unique. There can't be many cyber PCSOs uh, uh, in England and Wales. Uh, do, you, do you have many uh, similar uh, colleagues across the country? So we are few and far between. Um, there's a lot more of us than there used to be if we go back a couple of years. But with a massive surge and increase in cybercrime, there's a lot more now um, devoted and, uh, and resources spent when it comes to our, our cyber. Um, so we've got two kinds of cybercrime. We've got our cyber-enabled crime, which is all of our fraud now. Most criminals find it very easy to use technology as a way of deceiving people. And then we've got cyber-dependent crime, where we've got people using technology to attack other technology in businesses and organisations. So it's a growing problem for policing. So more and more resources are being spent and allocated. Um, but yeah, not, not too many of me. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're going to touch on uh, romance fraud and um, uh, something that um, uh, I, I think is in one of those crime types that isn't widely widely known. And I know uh, West Mercia Police, as part of a wider operation, are looking to launch a, an operation this week. Um, first of all, James, are you just able to expand what romance fraud um, is? Yeah, sure. So romance fraud, for those that don't know, is kind of the engineering of a, a friendship or a relationship for generally fraudulent financial gain. Um, so it's a situation where a suspect will invest a significant amount of time to sort of socially engineer somebody um, knowing that at the end they're going to gain that victim's trust and some form of financial gain. Um, they won't always initially ask for money. They'll spend a lot of time kind of communicating with people online, building up that trust. And then generally the longer the period between that date of first contact and the date of that first financial transfer from the victim, the higher amount of money that's handed over. Um, we don't really hear about romance fraud that often. Um, whilst the financial losses are kind of really high, Victims quite often can be in denial, um, and that kind of makes self-reporting to, to us in law enforcement um, very low. But unfortunately, we repeated um, victims are, are likely in this kind of scenario. It, um, romance fraud as well must be a... Uh, because it is a, a crime where somebody is being exploited, isn't it? They are they're being duped, taken in, and then having that um, goodwill um, uh, uh, exploited. Uh, there must also be some embarrassment involved in terms of people being hoodwinked by um, people who've uh, exploited their vulnerabilities. Um, and, and that's one of the other messages I was very clear about is that actually embarrassment costs nothing. And one of the reasons why the reporting is so important is that we can stop it happening to others. It, exactly that. There's definitely a, a stigma around this and feeling like you've been, you've been properly caught out and conned and it is understandably quite painful for the victim because not only have they essentially had their money stolen, but they've also had their heart broken in that scenario as well. Um, so, yeah, really important around getting the reports in around it happening because, unfortunately, they are, our suspect individual won't just be grooming and targeting a single victim. Quite often there'll be tens if not hundreds of people that they're contacting. So the quicker we can start to look to investigate the people that are doing this straight away, the more people we're going to stop falling victim for it. 
We um, we haven't heard much about um, romance fraud, um, you know, in the news or, or I don't think much in our society. Um, it feels like a fairly new phenomenon. Um, ha- have we seen uh, those uh, you know, increases in incidents in West Mercia in recent uh, recent times? And do you, is there any hypotheses as to as to why? Yeah, so I mean, it's been a growing trend for us as a, as a crime type um, for the last few years now. And there's no doubt a couple of reasons that we've seen an increase, definitely during the, the COVID restrictions and the lockdown that we had. That definitely isolated a lot of people who have in turn taken to virtually dating or talking to other people online, looking for online relationships. Um, and with the, the change and the, the stigma around online dating, it's definitely become more widely accept, accepted. Um, and it's more popular than it was in the past. Um, and a lot of people are taking to uh, the use of popular dating apps. So I think potentially we have seen an increase because of COVID, but also just as it's a more widely accepted practice um, when it comes through to, to online dating. The um, online dating is an interesting, uh, interesting, uh, I think, part of this particular crime type because I absolutely uh, get your uh, sentiment that the more mainstreaming acceptance of um, of uh, online dating, the swipe left or swipe right or whatever else, um, is required. Um, I think we've also seen a change in acceptance in different age groups as well that might not have necessarily ventured um, online to do the dating before and maybe uh, some of maybe our older community who perhaps might have not have used it before. Um, is there any particular trends about uh, either age groups or, or particular parts of our society who might be more vulnerable than, than others? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. When it comes to just the use of the internet in general, I think that our, our age demographic of people that are using it has definitely increased and, and got older. Um, and quite often we'll see um, situations where people that have had a recent breakup or bereavement, lost of a partner, then turn to online dating. Um, and it's not something that they feel necessarily 100% comfortable with. Um, it's just using the computer itself and, and going online is, is not just normal second nature to them. Um, in terms of our kind of key demographics of victims that we're seeing report to us at the moment, um, the black majority are kind of over the age of 40 to the age of 69. Um, and I know there's almost a perception when it comes to online dating and popular, popular dating apps, as you said, like the swipe left, swipe right. Quite often there is that perception that they're used by, by the younger generation, um, but there's definitely an increase in the older generation using them as well, as we can see from our, our victimology here. So uh, I don't suppose um, you as a uh, somebody in the uh, police service would uh, ever think to yourself that uh, it was your job to give dating advice. But um, uh, one of the things that I'd be uh, good to talk about is the is is that kind of advice. Um, uh, you know, those people who uh, want to go out uh, looking, um, you know, potentially for another romantic partner online. Um, just some of the things that they should be wary of and some of the things that they should be looking at as those telltale signs that something might not be, might not be right. Yeah, no, definitely. There, there are definitely some things that really kind of um, stick out when it comes to this. Um, so things like being wary about giving your personal information on a website or a chat room. The reason that criminals quite often fraud as well for this personal information is that they can contact you on multiple platforms or do a bit of um, research about you if they can find maybe your interests and see what kind of things that you're you're interested in. That way they can really tweak the desirable photos that they're going to end up themselves to try and gain your trust. Forces um, will also make conversation way more personal than normal. Um, they won't tell you much about themselves um, that you can kind of check or verify, but they're really drilling into information around you. That's to get information that they can use at a later date to kind of really... Um, 
hit home and definitely playing on those emotions. Um, they'll often claim as well to have kind of high-ranking roles or they'll have a job that means that they're away from home for a long time. And that's kind of a ploy to deter your suspicion around not meeting them in person. So quite often there'll be something around them working abroad or working across the country. And it's often used as that excuse as to, to why that meeting can't take place. Um, they also make sure that they um, try and move you away from that platform, away from the legitimate kind of dating site or app that you're using because they can be monitored that way. So if you are speaking to somebody, make sure you stay on that platform initially rather than immediately switching to email, text message, WhatsApp or phone. It just means that there are algorithms built into all of these dating sites and then they do have the ability if a malicious or fake um, fraudster profile is identified, it will get taken down. So that way you at least you know that they're, they're, they've got your back to some extent to make sure and that they're checking. Um, they'll often tell stories to target your emotions, to give you the money. They claim that they're ill, or they've got a, a relative that's very ill, they're stranded in another country. Um, they might not ask you for that money directly, hoping that you'll offer that the goodness of your own heart. That's really the way that we, we find with a lot of this that isn't reported. People don't necessarily know that they've been conned straight away because it, it feels like they've come up with the, the suggestion themselves and been sort of that knight in shining armour and that time of need. Um, and that way it's not as obvious as directly asking for money. Um, and they might try and send you things like valuable items, laptops, computers, phones and jewellery. Again, we call that the kind of grooming period while they're trying to build that rapport and kind of lead you away from your suspicions that they're after your money if they seem quite financially well off. Um, and sometimes they won't even ask for money directly. They may ask you to transfer things via um, different online things like MoneyGram, Western Union, PayPal, iTunes vouchers, or other gift cards that might be seen as just scenarios that they're asking to buy a present, for instance, for one of their family members, or maybe they've just been laid off work. So there's always a story behind it really drilling into your emotions and it's not always obvious but generally speaking we all have a good gut instinct and if your gut instinct is saying something doesn't quite add up or this seems a bit suspicious or are they after my money quite often your gut, gut instinct is, is spot on it, um, it, it's sad that we have to think about uh, thinking that way at this time but I think that's one of the very clear central bits of advice if it doesn't feel right then then it might not be right and and a bit of checking doesn't always hurt, does it, in terms of uh, either with the platform that you're using, because they have a responsibility for you being safe, don't they? If you're if you're paying a membership, for example, um, uh, or indeed um, uh, using their platform, they do have a, a responsibility to uh, keep you as safe as they as they can do. But the other part also is to, um, if you don't feel comfortable, don't don't do it. Don't don't feel pressured into it. Um, in terms of uh, you know, give yourself some breathing space and maybe talk to others. You know, check check with other people in your in your friends or family network as to whether or not they um, whether or not that also feels uh, right. Because if somebody's uh, feelings about you are um, legitimate, then they're not going to mind, are they? They're not going to mind having um, some of the things either questioned or or or, or just checked out. Um, if you're a, a genuine individual, um, very um, obviously it can be a troubling time for some people that are out there um, looking for that romantic. Um, connection um what uh, you mentioned some things like sending money or buying presents to to uh, to uh, other people there there's been some quite serious sums of money involved in terms of uh, people losing out this can run into tens of thousands of pounds can't it yeah so when it comes to this kind of it's by far one of our biggest kind of losses when it comes to um, the victim um and as i said they they might buy jewelry or things like laptops or new phones 
the criminals are almost seen as an investment because they know that they're going to try and target as much money as possible um, from the victim. I think on, on average at the moment, within West Mercia, the average total loss was uh, around £15,500. Wow. Um, that gives you an idea on the average, so you only have to imagine if we've got a few that have been in the very low hundreds of pounds, how that can bring the average number down quite considerably. So we, we will have numbers that are way, way higher than that as well. So whilst it might seem trivial and that they're only asking for... Uh, a little bit of money at the start, it, it is something that we see where they are constantly then finding other reasons for you to transfer that money um, and may try and fake it to show that the money that you sent initially has gone to good use um, and it won't always be apparent that, they've, um, that they haven't used it for the purposes that they've betrayed you initially. So once somebody thinks they might be the victim um, of this type of fraud, what's your advice about what they what they should do and uh, and you know what are the chances of them getting some of those uh, losses back? So yeah, it's it's a really serious crime point. So if you suspect it, you've, you've got to report it to us. Um, so if you or someone that you know is vulnerable to romance fraud or you suspect that they may be involved in it. Then you can report it online via actual fraud, or you can call us directly on 101. Um, alternatively, you can also um, report it uh, through to a company called Scamalytics. So they work with all the big dating sites where you use an online form, where you enter the images that they may be using, names and details of that potential fraudster if your suspicions are raised. That way they have the ability to take down these malicious profiles. Now, when it comes to the investigatory side um, from us within policing, um, it is very difficult for us to get those funds back. We'll always work with the banks on our best endeavours um, process to try and get that money back. But quite often, people have transferred that money and it might be a week or two weeks before they start to go, mm, actually, something doesn't feel quite right, and they've reported it to us. You can imagine that from a criminal perspective, they've hidden away that money. That money has already left your account. It's left the, the account that you've transferred it to. So the chances of being able to get that back is very, very difficult. Um, and it definitely these people are, are operating overseas as well. It's even harder for us to, um, to get access to that money. Um, so it's really important to make sure that people are protected from this happening um, because our investigatory side, not only is difficult if they're operating abroad, but the, the likelihood of getting those funds back are, are very, very challenging. So if you were, um, if you were going to leave some, some tips with our uh, listeners, some of the key central bits around how to, how to protect themselves, how to safeguard themselves, what would they, what would they be, James? What would be your, your top three, as it were, bits of advice? Yeah, no, uh, definitely. So there, there are a few things that people can, can definitely do um, to kind of always remember when, when they're online, looking at online relationships, and that's making sure that you don't, don't rush into it with, a, with any, anyone. Make sure that you ask plenty of questions, and quite often people will say fall for the person, not the profile. So make sure that you really get to know that person. And that means analysing their profile to confirm their identity. Check that they're genuine by looking into one of the profiles as well. If you can't find them elsewhere and they seem a bit of an online ghost, then that would be kind of an alarm bell, really. Um, and also make sure you put their name in with a the, with the search term like dating scam if you suspect something to see if other people have reported it. Um, secondly, making sure that you're talking to friends and family about it. Um, don't be embarrassed that you uh, may be doing online dating. Be wary of anyone who tells you not to tell um, your friends and family about them. Um, they're definitely on the outside of the situation as well, so they may see something you don't. So just be open and honest with friends, friends and family. They'll have you back in those um, situations. And then lastly, making sure that you stay on that on that site or, or the dating site, maybe the messenger service. Don't use personal information and personal details like email, phone number, or other social media until you're confident that it is the real person. Um, the second that you let them into your lives, 
you allow them to load more information that can be used against you if they are a criminal. So stay on the platforms where they're doing their best um, to protect you um, and you're not handing away that information freely to them. James, some really, uh, some really sage advice there and indeed um, to those would-be uh, datas out there, um, uh, there's nothing wrong with being a bit cautious. I sound like you're, uh, I sound like um, the, the, the parent uh, advice to their <laughs> teenagers, but there's nothing wrong with a bit of caution um, out yeah. there. And indeed, in this particular area, could um, could pay dividends. And um, uh, for me, uh, some really practical, straightforward advice there. Uh, um, a big thank you from me, James, for the work that you do in your in your role out there, um, trying to keep our community safe. Um, uh, online. Uh, more and more of our life is online and it's been turbocharged I think during uh, the response to the coronavirus as, as we are more and more in that online space and your work and your colleagues space in keeping us safe uh, we are ever grateful for. Whilst it's not patrolling our streets in the traditional sense, it's patrolling our online cyberspace um, which I think in 2020 is equally uh, important. So thank you for you and your team and thank you for uh, joining today. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's been great to hopefully get in, get in front of people um, around around this kind of topic. Um, and if you see over the next week, I know on our, on our social media platforms for the um, Office of the Police and Crime Commissioner and for the, um, the West Mercia Police, Facebook and Twitter, there'll be plenty of messaging going out. So please don't hesitate. If you've got friends or family that need to hear this information, please feel free to, to tag them in the posts and, uh, and raise their, their awareness as well. Some great advice there, James, and thanks very much for uh, joining today. Thank you.